Turn your TV to channel 3 because it's time for the legend of retro podcast at bx8b.com. That's right. Welcome back, Retro Hunters. I'm your host, Jay. And this is Chaz. I don't know what voice it is. I thought it was going to be like this ghostly, like, Ooh, wizard. Spooky. <laughs> and you're listening to episode 16 of The Legend of Retro. That's right. 16 candles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 16 ghost candles. This episode is brought to you by our lovely sponsor, Detroit Beard Collective. They, my friends, are spooky good at keeping your beard fresh <laughs> and clean and styling. So good that you might think that you're haunted by bearded Wizards. giants from the past beard and other witches. realities. Abraham Lincoln couldn't have a better beard. If he didn't, if you, if I don't know what I'm talking about, go to DetroitBeardCollective.com, buy some beard ball, mustache wax, a beard comb, metal, or wood. Use the offer code BX8B at checkout when you say uh, when you spend twenty five dollars or more to save twenty percent. Thank you, Detroit Beard Collective. You you started off great on that one. Oh, I was yeah bullshit. You're, you're golden, and then it, then it dropped off fast. Real but. hard on that. Well, guys, thanks for hanging out. Make sure to check out everything going on at BXAP.com. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, the BXAP Podcast, for all your current gaming news, headlines, all that fun stuff that we're talking about, about current gaming. Uh, You can check both shows out at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and, of course, BXAP.com. And, uh, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about the new, the the newer retro craze in current gaming. So we're breaking the rule a little bit here, but we're holding on to the retro aspect of things. Yeah, like one of the most, I would say, popular things right now is retro. That's whether that's retro games, vintage music, vintage clothes, retro underwear. Uh, you know anything really retro? Dirty so, underwear. Exactly, Ethan's underwear. So what we're fo- and no wipe Jazzy's underwear. Retro sex toys. <laughs> and you know? so what we're focusing on this Wooden one dildos. is is those iterations of games that harken back to those retro classics. So your your first times of these games, your Metroids, your Mario, your Mega Man, you know your Doom, like these kind of games that help define. The generations ahead of it, and these people playing paying homage to them in their current games. So yeah, this topic kind of came up as an idea that I had um, because I was I was uh, hunting for some retro games, and I was at a flea market, and I overheard this woman talking with an older gentleman about how how these new games are bullshit. They're not retro. Uh, she they she hated them. Too many colors. Too like don't just make a video. So she's an old hermit. Yeah, but she was young. She well, was, she's yeah. an old soul inhabited right. in a young body. But she basically was just like, I like my retro games, leave them alone, and go make just make new games and, and, and stop it. And I just kind of thought, wow, that's weird because, you know, I, I I enjoy a lot of these games because they do take me back to the old old school retro games. But I kind of like, I, st- I took a step back to try to see it from a different angle, and I wanted to talk about it on the show today about how, you know, we're gonna we want to talk about some of these games, and then we want to talk about like, 
you know, I personally like them, but I guess I could see where people are like, listen, you know, we don't need to recreate a Metroid. We have Metroid. Like, right. just make a new Metroid, you right. know, things like that. Um, with that being said, I dis- disagreed with this lady. What What about you, Ethan? What do you think? I mean, do you, what, what are your views on these newer games that are just live, almost, I feel like, cashing in on the retro craze? See, for me... It's it's clear that these games being produced by indie developers, a lot of the people making them are close in age to us. They would fall into that, you know, maybe at this point mid twenties to late thirties, and they're they're men and women that grew up and fell in love with video games based on these style of games, eight bit style games, sixteen bit style games. And it only makes sense as a passion project, as an opportunity to um, to share their love of video games, is to be able to make a game that's an homage or make a game in the vein of what got them to love video games. And I know that's why we like playing retro-inspired video games. And if you think about it, you know, we record a show every week talking about old video games. That's what we do to... Uh, to show our love and appreciation for what got us into gaming. And if we had the skills to make video games, I guarantee you we'd be making probably, Jay and I would probably be making a Metroidvania-style game. And he's just, 100% yeah, agree but, with that. But here's the thing about, and you just you just nailed it. Why is it not okay to make a Metroidvania-style game? Okay, like, if you're going to sit there and say that because it's a Metroidvania-style game, it's retro, like, that's not... No, that's a type of game. And I and this is why I disagree with, with this woman. So, you're wrong, lady at the flea market. But I just... Like, again, if you want to make a game in, in a vision that you have... You know, Chops has a great concept for a comic book that he's been working on for years. And every time we talk about it... The Adventures of Ebo and Capone? Yeah. That's right. And every time we talk about it, though, I envision like a game, and it instantly goes to a style that I guess would be considered retro, but it's not. It's just the vision of this game that I have. You know, a great example of this is Guacamele. Guacamele is a Metroidvania-style game. It is in no means what I would consider a retro craze game because graphically, it's not. It's not like turned back, it's not 8-bit, it's not 16-bit, it's a Metroid style, it's a Metroidvania game that pays tribute to it. But, I, I wouldn't consider it one of these games that fall into this category. Now, Jay, real quick, I want to I wanna throw a question to you, because I, I want to take this as, as an approach of uh, let's make the guess that someone's listening, and they're like, Metroidvania, what, what, what does that mean? What is, explain what a Metroidvania style game is, because Clearly, it sounds like we're taking the name of two series and putting them together. What's a Metroidvania-style game? Okay, so so when Metroid and Castlevania came out, they kind of were the first of their kind in the sense that they were a platforming-style game, but on a map. So you, you would travel around this world, and you would backtrack, and you would travel through areas that you've already been. Or you'd have a door you can't get through, and you'd have to come back later to get through that door. So it, it, just, it was kind of like The Legend of Zelda, in a way, as far as a top-down type you know, RPG but it was 2D. Well, and a lot of those games, they teach you the mechanics via 
uh, via exploration and yeah, via introduction uh, during during the, the gameplay. Whereas games these days now use exposition and handheld handhold you to the different aspects of the game. So a Metroidvania game, you know, okay, so I go up to this door, it doesn't work. It's a red door within Metroid. You know, all the other doors are blue, and I shot with my gun. Oh, I just got these missiles. What if I shoot these missiles at this door and yeah. it blows it up? It's you know, same, so yeah. there's 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 a purity to older games where it's simpler in the fact that it's a it's a more I would say, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a more precious experience. Yeah, and it's also it makes you think more. Like yes. when when it's I'm a puzzle. Yeah, it's a, it, it does have puzzle aspect to it because when you're running by and you're like, oh, there's a small opening here that I have no idea, you know, I can't get into. And then you go get, you know, again, play Metroid, and you go get your, your morph ball form, and all of a sudden, you you know, you roll through this, like, right. doorway. It's it, it, Things like that that uh, help you, when you're playing through the game, you make mental notes about that spot, and then when you get the weapon that, that or, the, or the ability that changes what your, your uh, character, you go, oh, I'm going to go back there. So, so back to back to Guacamelee, where where this conver- where this part of the conversation started. Guacamelee's visuals are very modern, very modern, but the gameplay goes back to those Metroidvania games, popular late '80s through uh, all the way through the uh, the late '90s. Yeah, and even and they it play again it, it plays tribute to those games too, where certain aspects of the game are straight like joking joking like style how you get the abilities in Guacamelee are, are like these crazy like chicken dudes that look like the characters that gave you the abilities in Metroid mm-hmm. or you'll be running by a billboard and, and Mario and Luigi will be there talking about like you know uh, how to get out of jail you know call this phone number like it, they, it just had a lot of fun retro winks. you know winks. yeah winks to it and that and that was great I think it, I think it was done really well, but to bash this game just because like oh you can't be you can't you can't make an original game because you because you're living in the past off things that you loved it's like no that's how shit works that's how that's how you create things that's why like why do I want to make a video game because I loved certain video games back when I was little and I and it, it pushed me to want to create a game a great example of this is Axiom Verge Axiom Verge is an amazing game. That is straight up Metroid. It, if you look, if you were to Google right now a screenshot of Axiom Verge, you would swear by the fact that it is a screenshot of Metroid, the original Metroid. Yeah. But the coolest thing about it is that it's it's got so much in this game. One of my new favorite abilities that I just got on my last stream. So I streamed this game on Tuesdays. Uh, Twitch.tv backslash BXAP Gaming. If you want to come hang out and see what this is all about, come hang out with me. But uh, they had little little crevices like you know like what you would need for Samus to be able to morph into a ball and roll down. And I was like, man, what do I have to do to get in though? And I ended up getting a like a little like it's a drone ter- termite drone. Yeah. That I send my essence into, and then I, ter- I take the drone and I go through these small areas and I can collect things and then I come back to myself. And it was so cool. It's so cool. And and I'll say on the fact that these games are are super enjoyed by the gaming culture, the gaming field. Everybody loves these retro games because it, it brings that nostalgia to them. But what's cool about these games too is they're speedrunners, and a lot of these creators are making speedrun versions of these retro style games because it adds a whole new depth and level of play to these games. Active Verge has a built in speedrun mode, and I watched a speedrun of this. 
and the creator of the game was on with the speedrunners as they were doing it, and they were che- like showing him things he never knew that you could do in the game. And it and it and to me that enhances the overall feel of this. Like like you have this modern creation of a game that harkens back to an era that doesn't exist anymore, and they're still able to manipulate it and make it into a way that's unique and an experience that's unique, and more of a sport. And I think it's cool to you know like how cool is it as a creator to sit back and watch someone do something to your game that you didn't think was right. didn't even ever think of and and they're and they're doing it and you're like oh wow but at the same time axiom verge so people again making making slamming these games saying like they're not being this company that makes axiom verge has one employee and it's, and it's him. And he made the whole game. <laughs> he made the entire he game He made the himself. graphics. He programmed it. He made the music himself. Yeah. Like. The dude's the, my hero. There's no other. You can't do that with another genre of, uh, type N- of game. Nintendo is an entire company and they can't make a Metroid game. This dude made a legitimate. You could have put Samus in this world. It would have been amazing. And he did it himself. Okay. Like. That's a labor of love. It's a labor of love, which if it's a labor of love, that means you did it because you love something from the past. And I guess I get I hate I hate to break it to you guys, but it was Metroid and Castlevania. That's that's what it was. So to make a game that has an original story, that has original weaponry, okay? I don't feel like anything feels like another game. The weapons are sweet. And it, you know, I give this game all the credit it deserves. Well well it's specifically cool that you can make a game that it's amazing the skill that it requires to make a game that reminds you of something else without anything in there resembling it other than the feel right. you know there like like on the BXAP podcast episode that we uh just canned out this week Ethan did the rock uh rockbot game that he yeah. was playing rockbot that was a, an, an obvious knockoff of knockoff Mega Man. yeah that shit, I mean, and, and I want to shift gears here, yeah. okay? So we love Axiom Verge. Guacamelee is really cool. We're going to hit some other games that we like, but let's not just sit here and give it all the love and, and, and you know, be fanboys, and that's why it's not fair. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the other side of this that is a little bit shady, and that is, okay, so we have these games, Shovel Knight. We have these games, Axiom Verge, things like that, that are very popular. People love them. So what did Capcom do? They said, oh, man, Now's the time to take all the Mega Man games, throw them together, and throw them out there in a legacy collection. Yeah. Why not? At an affordable price. Yeah. I will say, the Mega Man Anniversary Collection came out at a very good, very appropriate price. Yeah. This is where it's di- where I feel differently about it. I enjoy Mega Man Legacy. I own it. Yes, blah, blah, blah. But Capcom, only, Capcom which has not yeah. produced a new Mega Man game, to the point where the creator of Mega Man has left and started his own company to produce Mighty Number no. 9, has not, now releases it. And at the time, thought they were releasing it on the same day as Mighty Number no. Nine launched. Okay, pretty, pretty pissed. Yeah, Capcom did this for one reason and one reason only. They saw that the retro craze was going on, and they thought they could bank off some Metroid money. Or yes. sorry, some Mega Man money. Yep. And it's shitty. Like this part of it is shitty. You know, did I did I still give them their money? Yes. Because Twice of over. The, because of the goddamn speedrun mode. Well, and and as shitty as it is, they did a good job with it. They introduced it into a way for us where it was a social experience first. Yeah. We played it first at PAX. PAX Prime. You know, and like, oh, they're doing a contest where if you compete in this speed run of this challenge we created, you can win a copy of the game. Mm-hmm. Well, that's sweet. 
And then they go and they put all these games in HD graphics, and now I'm able to get all my Mega Man games in one sitting. I love that. I love that. Do I love it more than a new Mega Man game? Fuck no. Give me a goddamn Mega Man game. I want a Mega yeah. Man game now. But they they didn't just re- re-release the games. They prettied it up a little bit. Yes, I don't know how much you can no, pretty up re- an old They re-released game. the games. Um, but they also added that cool, unique challenge mode in, into it. And and it was enough of a change from what they've previously done that I was excited about it. Yeah, but here's the thing. Again, okay, you created excitement around old games yeah. that you bundled together. Why not follow that up with a new Mega Man game? Mega Man 11 or whatever the hell you want to do. I don't know. I don't care, but why not? Why not follow it up? You had good sales. You started selling, you know, I got a Mega Man arm sleeve from Pack South. We got plastic. They got Me- all sorts of paraphernalia, the yeah. helmet, the, the blaster. helmet, the Mega Man blaster, all these things that they're producing, but yet they don't want to produce a game. They literally see that this thing makes money, but they don't want to push the IP I don't know, maybe it's because they ran the creator out the door and they're worried that making a new Mega Man game under a new person is going to piss the world off, but I'm not sure. But again, all you look like is a company that's just money hungry, that's just trying to capitalize on a a retro craze, and then you're like, cool, we hit that, now we're going to move on. Let's, let's real quick, Chops, did you have a point before we transition? I just want to ask, Jay, what if... Nintendo did something like this with Metroid, though. They do it with Metroid. They just did. They, they just, Super Metroid on they the 3DS. just released Super Metroid on the 3DS. But what if they bundled Metroid, Super Metroid, you know, like those classic games, and they did a rehash, and they did a speed run version of it, challenges? They don't have a system to put it on oh, that no, I care don't. about. They don't, but... If they did it on the NX, yeah, I'd buy it. You're uh, right. You're yeah. right. I would buy it, just like... Especially but if it was you would fi- still want a new Metroid. Yeah, if it was 15 bucks, like like the Mega Man Legacy was or yeah. whatever, and I got you know a bunch of Metroid games with a speed mode built in, I would be I would be pretty interested. But the problem with... like I, I still would call the... I, as much as I love Metroid, yeah, I, know. I would call them out the same way I call Mega Man yeah. out, because I like... Me- I, I own... The original six, completing cartridge. Yeah. And I will play them on the cartridge before I go play the Legacy Edition. The only light reason I play the Legacy Edition is for speedrun. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be the same problem with Nintendo. I'd be like, listen, if, you have, if you're going to take the time to throw these, to bundle them together, clean them up, put a, build a speed mode in, and release it, why not make a new Metro game to follow like a month or two months after, you know, like like time it where you can ride off that momentum. Yeah, I don't know. Now, getting back to Mega Man, one thing that we do have to include Mega Man in on the conversation is that I think Mega Man Nine is the first game I remember being a new released game that directly went back to retro 2008 Mega Man 9 was released and it was super cool at the time it was like holy crap this looks just like the original Mega Man graphics you know because they changed it the previous mega mainstream Mega Man game Mega Man 8 in 1996 so they hadn't released one in 12 years and then all of a sudden boom they're going back to that when, what, what was the gap between 8 and 7 because I felt like, for me, it was eight because it was like the anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what they called it, the anniversary yeah. edition. The, so Mega Man 7 was 95, Mega Man 8 was 96, and according to this Wikipedia timeline, they did put Mega Man and base on there in 98. Because yeah. that, la- that was on the Super Nintendo, Mega Man base. I didn't yeah. play that one. It was a real late uh, SNES game. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like... 
my thing about Cap, the yeah. Mega Man Nine, yeah. I mean, my thing about Nine is is here it plays into Capcom being stupid again, and this is it. Yes, you you're right. It kind of was the entryway into here's all these games coming out right now. That's all about like how how much can we push the graphics? How much are the lighting effects and the particle effects and 3D and all, you know, all this shit. And then Mega Man 9 came out, and it was like, oh, man, this feels retro. This feels like old school. Well, they did it off of the first Mega Man game. Right. You couldn't charge. You couldn't slide. It right. Was, it was but, just that. But they did it, and people liked it, and, and they liked it so much that they did it again with Mega Man 10. Yep. Which, in my opinion, other people thought, like, they played, and they were like, you know, like Shovel Knight, Guacamelee. All these games came out after that. Like, you started a pathway... You, you technically could claim that you started this retro craze and then you stopped. You were like, okay, no, like we don't care. We're going to let everybody else just take off with it. Like you could have built a whole new like avenue for yourself, re- revitalized a whole avenue of your IPs. And, you know, like then you half-assed shit like Mega Man versus Street Fighter. Which you like threw as like a PC rock. It like, was a freebie. Yeah, it was a freebie. And it was like half a game. Yeah. Like but like where did that content come from? Were you developing something and then gave up on it? I think it was a fan made one, actually. It was a great a, idea. A why and not, Capcom yeah, why not it or whatever. Yeah, take it. You sponsored well, and it. And that's the thing is that there's there is a ton of fan made Mega Man games. There's a, a ton, ton of Metroid of fan made games. There's one of them on Android. Yeah. Well no, but like like legit like they took so, for example, Mega Man, Rockman, I think four, in minus Infinity. They take other Mega Man bosses, put them in as mini bosses in that game, and have redone the, the graphics, the gameplay mechanics. Like, there's people recreating these l- beloved classics, but you're like you said, you're not seeing them, the big companies using them in any sort of profiting. Uh, but but I like that though. Except for Mario. But I like that because I feel like that gives more attention to the indies. You know, you're not getting these big companies trying to do these retro games again, and it gets you Axiom Verge. It gets you Shovel Knight. It gets you these other people who are filling that void where these other big companies aren't. So there's a love-hate relationship for me, I guess, in that I would love a Mega Man game, a whole brand new Mega Mega Man game, but I wouldn't want a retro one. I would want a next-gen version. Um but I still love those retro games. So having these indie companies kind of come in and fill that gap for me makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, I, I agree with that, but I also sit here and think if you took the creator of Axiom Verge and Nintendo reached out to them and said, hey, we love what you did, come develop the next Metroid game That'd for us. That'd be sweet. I would, I would, yes. Nintendo could start a Kickstarter and I would give them money, even though they don't need it. I'd be like, yes, absolutely, let's do this. I like this guy. You know, the indie scene gave this guy a platform, and he did something amazing. Would I love to see an Axiom Verge 2? Yeah, sure. But would I also like to see this guy maybe involved in a Metroid game? Absolutely. It's the same thing with saying, like, you know, taking something like, uh, you know, Shovel Knight or the creator of Super Meat Boy or something like that and or saying, Binding hey. Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Binding, uh, hey, can you, what, you know, what if we gave you a bigger platform to stand on? What could you do? Hey, you showed this. Come be the director of a team now and make a Mega Man game. Yeah. You know, like, that's where I want to see, you know, there's so many torches passed in a lot of industries. You see a lot of torches passed, you know, in music. The next, you know, the next king of you know, 
pop and things like that. You get, and and well, comics is a great example. And of sports, it. you know, you got you know like the new the new captain of the yeah. of the team, you know, things like that. But in the gaming industry, I almost feel like everyone's afraid to pass it. Yeah, everyone's afraid to pass it. So we're sitting here being like, "Come on, make another Mega Man game." And and, and now we got like the creators of Mega Man and the creators of Castlevania spawning off to try to create realistically another Mega Man and another Castlevania but they just can't call it that so they call it something different and there's just no one no one is given the opportunity to take a, that old IP that's that's famous and put a new person at the helm you know what happens to Mario when Miyamoto's gone it's a good question you know things like what happens to those things and I feel like you you need to not wait until it happens. You know, Capcom, the creator of Mega Man is gone. He's probably not happy with you. He's probably not coming back. What are you going to do? You should have already had someone groomed for this role. It's it's common business. It's common sense that I want I want this IP to be healthy. I need to have someone, in, you know, hey, I'm Peyton Manning and I'm old and I'm going to retire. What's my backup plan? I have another quarterback sitting on the bench, don't I? Like, I just don't get like what is going on in the game industry with not letting people step up. And some people have. Like, congrats to Microsoft. Cliff Cliffy B stepped. You know, he created Gears Four, and he left. And Microsoft gave it to a whole new company, the Coalition, and said, "Hey, you are in charge of Gears of War Four now. Don't fuck it up." And from what we've seen so far, very little, but what we've seen, it feels like Gears of War. It feels like they picked up the torch and they're running with it. You know, they tried it with 343 Industries. Microsoft is not afraid to hand their IP to another developer and give it a try. I feel like everybody else is just kind of like, oh, well, we lost the, we lost the developer, we lost the creator, so we're just going to let it sit there. What's going to happen with Metal Gear? <laughs> I hope nothing. <laughs> I hope Konami leaves it where it is and never touches it. Yeah. Is that going to happen? No. So yeah, this this is my shout out to the industry saying we need to take some of these indie people and give them the opportunity. They have proven that they can do some amazing things on a very small scale. Give them the opportunity to take something that they've loved their whole life and be part of it. Right. How many times have we seen an actor that's part of a superhero movie that says, man, I grew up loving Spider-Man. I can't believe I get to play yeah. Spider-Man now. You know? those That's the passion you want. Those are the people you want on your team. But... Yeah, <laughs> I'm done bitching and rant. Yeah, let's uh, let's get back to the list here. So some of these, so these are some of our favorite uh, retro inspired games that uh, we went and kind of we discussed this earlier today before the show. Like, oh, what are some of the ones we'd like to hit on and talk about? So we have a nice uh, compiled list that we're gonna go and hopefully, uh, if you're a retro gamer and you love listening to the Legend of Retro, you're gonna hear about some of these games and go, oh man, maybe I should check that out on my new console. Yeah, exactly. And most of these uh, that we've listed here, there's there's more than this. So if we missed one, don't get upset with us. Please hit us up in the forum and say, guys, if you like the games you listed, you should check out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, a lot of these are available like on the PSN or the uh, the Wii, the, the Nintendo Network, um, things like that. Obviously, we started off, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but we started off with Axiom Verge. It's my current favorite right now. I'm currently playing it, and I love it. Uh, if you're a Metroidvania fan, you need to play this game. So good. I still can't believe it's been done. It was created by one guy. It's insane. It's um, pretty amazing. Yeah. Next up, 
Uh, we got one that I think we've all played this one is Shovel Knight. I have not played it. Oh, you haven't tried it yet? I need to. It's just, I, I again, I've, I've mentioned this before. I haven't been able to decide, do I want to download it on 3DS or do I want to download it on PlayStation 4? PlayStation, yeah. But I like the idea of having it on the go. But you have your Get PS, uh, your TV now. But it's still you not play portable. It on your Vita. It's still not portable. And pick up a Vita eventually. Yeah, I probably. Here's will get a here's Vita my only thing about this game is it's a it's a okay. So I'm wrong. You haven't played it either. I haven't played it okay. either. I, I know I've played so it. Bad. I know Button Master Caleb's played it, and uh, and Xander's playing mm-hmm. it right now. Um, the game is gorgeous, and 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 I, the thing the reason why I say played on the PlayStation and played on the Vita is because again the power of those systems allow that game to be at its best. And I think from playing Mega Man Legacy on the PS4 and playing it on the 3DS, I feel the difference on the 3DS. I don't want to play the the Mega Man on the 3DS. And I think Shovel Knight will fall into that realm. Shovel Knight has a lot going on at certain points, and I feel like it probably will bog down on the 3DS. I can't speak to the 3DS, and it's probably what Xander's playing it on, but... I've, it's I've on the played Wii it as well. Right? I've played it. Yeah. A, Xander does have a Wii U, a 3DS, and a PS4, so it, yeah. it's a toss. He could, yeah. Who knows where he's playing it? Actually, you know what? He's playing on a PS4 because I saw him. I saw him on. Yeah, on there okay. playing it. But on the PS4, playing it and then playing it on the Vita, it, it felt the same. So, oh, really? So both systems handled it just fine. Like my my experience from the handheld to the system. And and the and you have the cross save function, mm-hmm. so you're playing it on at home, Ethan, and then you stop and you pick it up on your handheld and it's or your PlayStation TV, and you're right where you left off. Yeah, you know things like that that are really cool. But so Shovel Knight sort of uh, invokes some memories of a lot of retro games, but one that it gets compared to the fastest is Ducktales because of the bouncing mechanic. Shovel Knight bounces on his shovel as an attack. Absolutely. It also reminds me of uh, Ghosts and Goblins, or is it Ghouls and Ghosts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that style too. It just reminds me of that. It's a difficulty reminds me of yeah. that. It is a it is a rather difficult uh, game. So it's not you're not going to just go jumping through it, and it, it. Like you have to think a little bit about the game sometimes. There's some some really cool mechanics to that game. So um, moving on, I, I've played this uh, Hotline Miami. I haven't played that. Hotline Miami is basically like a top down Doom. <laughs> It's like go through a top down like buildings and streets and kill everything. Um, it's it's more like Hotline Miami designed more of like around like uh, like the mafia things like you know things like that. But but the 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 blood splatter and, and just the, the sheer mayhem is very doomish. So um, I see a lot of times they compare it to that. But uh, and then Retro City Rampage. Did you play that? Okay, this is this is a great list so far. Retro Sorry. City Rampage. Another, you guys made most of this list while I was away. Yeah, Retro City Rampage is another great, fun cross-buy game for the PS4 slash uh, Vita, and it's all about it. It kind of play. It takes. It makes fun of a bunch of uh, different pop culture. So like, you travel in time because you stole the DeLorean from the dock. And then, like, there's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and, like, there's just, it's just, like, it's everything mashed together, and you're just this, like, loser dude that, like, everyone seems to think you're the savior, even though you're just, like, you, you stole the time machine. So, um, because, and in, in the end, you obviously kind of become a hero, so, but uh, that game's a lot of fun, and that one's interesting just because it, it plays into all sorts of pop culture, but... Uh, Super Meat Boy. 
Now, there's one that Ethan can chime in on. I love Super Meat Boy. Super Meat and Boy. And I have already taken advantage of the cross-play, and it's the only game I've downloaded on my PlayStation TV. Yeah, exactly. Super fun game, and that's I, I do cross-play from the system to the Vita, and now my PlayStation TV. And uh, that, game's, oh, that game's just addicting. It's super fun. Uh, we met the creators of that game at PAX Prime, and again... That was sm- another small team game. It was it one or two people made Super Meat Boy. The team is like... I mean, they might have five people, but not they're not all programmers. I watched they're a documentary like, about it. It was yeah. like a couple... It was like two dudes made yeah, it. Yeah, it's, like it's like friends and a wife. Like, <laughs> like that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but again, crazy fun game. Super, super cute. So Super Meat Boy is sort of... It's a platformer. Yeah. It's sort of a puzzle-based platformer where uh, you die a lot and you respawn quickly. So it restarts you at the beginning of these small maps, and you just have to work your way through um, by jumping off walls and jumping over obstacles. You have no attacks, and it's really just trying not to die. Yeah. And it's it's super fun. Uh, it's, v- it's very difficult. It gets difficult quick, but you learn, you adapt, you get better, and it never seems unfair. It seems hard at points, but there's never been a moment where I felt the Super Meat Boy was unfair. So it's a very fun one. Yeah, it's it's fun and and when you, like you said, when the frustrating levels hit, like if you spend enough time on it, you adapt and you figure out how you're going to get past it. But the advantage, the other cool thing, there's just so many levels. The this little storyline is is pretty is pretty entertaining. Very funny. The boss levels are pretty um, fun. They're like chase levels. A lot of times where like you're just you know you have to keep like where other levels you can like slow down and think things over. The boss levels is like okay, I got to move and I can't stop moving. And uh, you know, so there's one where it's like a squirrel inside of a giant chainsaw robot, and you're it's the just first yeah, boss. the first boss, and you're just trying to get away from him. Uh, and at the end, you realize like the the bad guy like had like brainwashed these squirrels, so like the, there's just a t- like the, all the squirrels start helping you try to get away from this robot, and they all die, and then there's one left, and you're kind of like sitting there like staring off as the bad guy steals your girlfriend. And there's one little squirrel, and he looks all cute, and then he gets crushed and dies. That's <laughs> very humorous. Yeah. So it's dark. It's dark, but it's a fun. It's a very fun game. You should check it out. I highly recommend Super Meat Boy. I haven't ever played anything like it, but it it it, it has the retro style graphics, and it is a blast. All right, now I want Chops to take this over, and I want you to tell us about the Binding of Isaac. Ooh, the Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Now, there's a, they came out with a newer version of it called the Rebirth, but basically, essentially, yeah, I know, it it's is, very controversial. It, it is Zelda. Okay, it's a dungeon crawler like Zelda, top down kind of. You're going between rooms with keys. There's enemies you have to kill. It unlocks the other doors. There's items you get that power you up. There's bosses at the end of the stage, and then you go to a new dungeon. But what makes this game is unique is that each level is a random generated level. And there's a certain amount of power-ups that exist within the game, and those are random within the game too. All the way from a different characters you can start with and all the way to like weapon upgrades, health upgrades, defensive upgrades, other things that affect the game. But <laughs> the game is very dark. Basically, you're an abusive child uh, being abused by your mother and you lit locked in a i think the basement or in your room to hide from her and this is basically your mind escaping the fact that you're being abused by your mother and like you're this character that shoots tears out of his eyes as what well, as bullets and then you have other things like you you shoot piles of poop you kill flies spiders 
organs. There's like at one point you fight your mom's like I don't remember if it was her vagina or if, like you fight her feet. Um, you you pick vagina up, or feet, one you, or the you, other. Like you pick same up, thing to chaps. You we pick up, shut up. Into. You pick up like her her used contact lens. Um, I think you maybe pick up a tampon. Like it's oh, yeah, just it's a fucked up real game. fucked up, but it is awesome. Yeah, people recommend it highly, but then they also warn people to like read about the game before you buy it in case it's aff- it offends. You. Yeah, it's it's very weirdly religious because there's a lot of biblical. It's the fact that your mom is, thinks God's talking to her and wants her to beat you to, to yeah to that's, free you. That's the controversy part. Is so, it, the Bible's involved with the abuse? It's a so. fun game. It's fucked up. It's weird, but it is a blast. It, it is it is like if you just took Zelda. And just every level was a random Zelda dungeon from like Link to the Past back. That's what it would be like. It would be it would be so cool. All right, so check that out. But also, let's just spin right into another game that you enjoyed a ton, Fez. Yes, Fez. It's another platformer, but what it does, it takes the aspect of a two D platformer and adds in rotations to this world. So you're actually turning the world with your character, trying to solve platform based puzzles based on perspective. So you're collecting these little blocks that open up doors in this world, and, and but you're doing it in a way to where like so there's two platforms in front of me, and then um and then you rotate the world, but then those platforms turn into a way that connects them. So like it's a really unique way of taking a platformer, but then jazzing it up with the 3D elements, bright gl- graphics, and then really cool sound effects. Yeah, I've played a little bit, and it's very it's. It's really unique. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's a it, it is that that traditional two D, but it's like two point five D. Like right. there is that cool ability, and, and I, I really liked it. It's it's a fun puzzle game. Uh, right up right up Chops Alley for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, next up is Guacamelee that I've played to its completion, and then the then Guacamelee like Deluxe Championship Edition came out, and I played it again to its completion because this game is a blast. So. Um, if you like cell shading, if you like again, you know the the Metroidvania style game, you you can't go wrong playing this game and being this like like farm boy, like kind of like nobody that uh, ends up kind of walking in into the wrong situation, and because of it, they sabotage the the room, and you end up you end up uh, dying in a way, and you kind of become like the crow. Okay, so if you're a fan of the crow, where like come back from the dead to 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 revenge, this is kind of what you do. All of a sudden, you uh, wear wear a luchador mask and you and you become this superhero. That again, just like Metroidvania games, you start to gain powers throughout the game that allow you to access certain spots of this world. And it's just it's so much fun. The bosses are so cool. Um, the, the game's beautiful. The the uh, the soundtrack is is fantastic. And all of the cool little winks at the uh, you know the games that that inspired it are are there. Everything's there. There's even a spot where you like can be, get turned into a chicken, and then you like you run around as a chicken, like it, like just goofy stuff. But it's all fun, and none of it feels like a, like a task. You know, like everything you want to do. So that game's a blast. I played that one cross by a ton on both systems. Every time I talk about it, I go I revisit that game. That's how good it is. Now, here's one close to Ethan's heart. This was the first game I played on PlayStation 4, so you can tell that I jumped right into wanting those high-def HD graphics. Nope, went (laughs) for 8-bit style. Yeah, and a game called Towerfall. Towerfall Ascension. So, uh, it was real soon after Jay got a PS4, 
I was over at his house playing. He's like, yeah, you're going to love this game. Towerfall Ascension. I was like, what's it about? He's like, don't, don't worry. We're going we're gonna to just fire it up. And from the title screen, you're going to get excited. I was like, oh, okay. And it is, it is 8-bit madness, sort of in the vein of a classic 8-bit arcade game, like a Bubble Bobble, where you're on a small map that consists of just the screen, and you're working to eliminate enemies. But it's you know, like a Donkey Kong level or, or a Bubble Bobble level where it's vertical-based, and you shoot these arrows. And I think you can only get between three and five arrows at a time, and you can pick them back up, and they stick into the walls. You can shoot your allies, because it can go up to four-person co-op. And it is... 8-bit madness uh, of killing enemies, and it is super fun. It is challenging, and I know the the couple times we, we've played it together co-op, uh, I, I, I'm a, I love playing video games with people in the same room. Online gaming is cool, but to me, sitting on a couch next to someone playing and laughing and having fun is way better than this game was awesome for it. Highly recommend Towerfall Ascension. Yeah, and then you also had the fun like multiplayer mode where you actually the goal was to try to kill hunt each, each other. other yeah, yeah, hunt each other. And and that game was a the game was so much fun. Um, we spent many many times just screaming at each other like like even when we're playing co op or when you sh- someone shoots somebody you're like God damn it would you watch me just shoot your goddamn arrows you know like it it, it was a uh, it was a blast. I think I think in uh, co-op mode too, you could steal like if you, you could pick ki- up their arrows. Could, yeah, you could pick up their your arrows. teammate doesn't have any. Yeah. You could also if you got eliminated where all your lives were gone, you could, you could take, take one their, of their lives. lives. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it reminded me a lot of Joust as well. Yeah, Joust, it, very yeah. Joustish. But um, man, that game's fun. Uh, I just want to go play it right now, actually. But check out Towerfall. That's a very fun co-op game, a couch co-op game. Here's one that's going to be great for chops, and that is. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I love that game. You played a lot of this that game. That game I love not only because of the style of a beat-em-up arcade game, but it was the music. Anamanaguchi made the music to this whole game based on the comic book and the movie, and it was by far one of the most recent retro-style games that I've fallen in love with. And it was just so much fun. It's yeah. just so... It's so much like... It reminds me of the Simpsons arcade game. That's you what, know? Yeah, that's what it's a it's a that's as far as what pe- what is it like? It's it's a lot like those early '90s brawlers. Yeah, it's you so know, much Streets fun. of Rage or the Turtles arcade yeah. game. You know things like that. Um, and if you're in, if you're a fan of the Scott Pilgrim movie or comic book, it's just that. It's all that is. So uh, I recommend everybody playing that because it's a good time and the soundtrack is amazing. Yep. Uh, next up, we've all played this one, and that's Broforce. Oh, Broforce, guys, all the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys, Broforce. You guys have heard us talking about it over the weeks as we unlock new bros and things like that, but uh, it is that, that platforming, uh, Contra-style side-scroll uh, shooter that has a that has a top-down 3D map that you kind of go around to different levels as, as you expand. There is an online aspect to the game, but it's kind of broken right now. Um, but again, the couch co-op for this game, very high. Lots of fun. The best part about it is that you never play the same level. This you never play this level the same way because it's a random bro. You know yeah, exactly. So you could be fucking stuck with like Blade, and, who's awesome, but then you have a giant I'll boss say, that shoots you his, from a from a distance. Say his name right for me. Uh, Blade Bro is yeah, that what it is? There you go. There you go. Um, or you could have uh, um, yeah. uh, Bronan the Brobarian or the uh, Bromando. Or Mr. Anderbro. Mr. Anderbro. The Broned Brodock Saint. Something like that. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I pulled up another one. This is this is actually f- uh, old style, and that's Braid. Do you guys remember Braid? Oh, yeah. 
with the uh, the time stop mechanic. Time stopping mechanics. I, I One love of, and hate that game because it is so difficult. Yeah, but the the time stopping slash rewinding. Yeah. It was one of the first games to really explore this mechanic, and and it won. You know, it got a lot of attention because oh, of yeah. it. This game was gorgeous. Uh, it's a gorgeous visually, puzzle platformer. And the, it's a very very difficult and, puzzle platformer. And the story behind it is just awesome. It's just so mysterious yet compelling. Yeah, yeah that's a that's one that's that's it's. Uh, Transferred over multiple generations oh, yeah. of systems that uh, that and, and I'm glad I'm glad that it's uh, you know still around for you to, to try out because it's it's a, fa- a game that you don't want to miss. Um, this one I haven't played, but it's very popular. I don't know if either one of you have played it, but it's uh, Spelunky. I have played a little bit of Spelunky. Um, it, it's similar to lots of speed runs. I see this. There game. are a lot of speed runs. It's another randomized level uh, game. So every time you jump into a different part of this cave dwelling, it's different and randomized. But you're digging through, trying to find treasures, trying to find artifacts. You're basically like on the hunt for this artifact from like these uh, Mexican or Egyptian or some, some kind of Incan gods. Um, but it's what's cool about it is, and this is another one I watched a speed run of, and, and they had the creators on for it, is that, you know, again, they manipulate the game in a way that the creators didn't realize, but also having them figure out the secrets that he never released when the game came out. So there's hidden levels, and you can only get into these hidden levels by collecting these this hidden artifacts, and you get to this hidden, like, it's, it's just really in-depth game. Something that I've, I never would have thought this game would have that much depth to it. Yeah, I played um, it on PS4. I've watched some of it. It looks very interesting. I just, I've, I've never tried it yet. So, um, but it looks really cool. The next game I have played a little bit of, um, and it's, is it Terraria? Is that how you pronounce that? Sure. It's, I haven't played. Yeah. It. I know what game you're talking about, but I, don't know. Yeah, so, I yeah. haven't played and, it because I don't know how to read. So I, uh, I downloaded it. I think it was a free download at one point. Is how I got it, like on PSN. But uh, it's like Minecraft but 2D. So like oh. so and you're so you're structuring and everything and I, and I had fun with it for a while just building and, and stuff but in the end I didn't really know what my goal was mm-hmm. and I kind of just stopped playing but I, for the people that like yeah but for the people that like Minecraft it's something maybe to check out it, it was pretty it, you could build you could do a lot with it mm-hmm. so that was cool uh, here's one that Chops and I played and and it's close to my heart because of what it's inspired by and that's Mercenary Kings. Oh god, I love Mercenary Kings. Yeah, Mercenary Kings uh is basically Metal Slug. <laughs> is basically what it is and I love Metal Slug. So, it's you know, another Contra style 2D pr- progression platformer um that but but like a newer age, so like they were doing a lot of stuff with the guns. They're doing a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you have a home base where you could upgrade your weapons, upgrade yeah. your armor, and like you could play different game styles. So whether you wanted like a short but powerful gun, or you wanted a long range one that just fired a thousand bullets all the time, like the the ways to play it was, was so unique. Again, in that in that style, that it. It it was like a it was contra or metal slug on roids. Yeah, exactly. It it was it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, check out Mercenary. It's the same Kings. people that made Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, the next one up is one that I fucking love, and it is so simple yet genius. And that is Thomas was alone. I have, haven't played this. If you have not played Thomas Was Alone, y- you, especially Chops, knowing you, you need to play this game mm-hmm. for for two reasons. It's a puzzle game. Okay? Yes. It's right up your alley. But the story. <laughs> okay? You're, you're moving blocks around. 
but this but they but there's a narrator talking about Thomas who's a black and his friends and it is the most mind fucked amazing story that you just move these blocks around so you can get to the next level so that the narrator can tell you a little bit more about the story because you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on poor Thomas and it's a it's a pixel <laughs> you care this game makes you care about a colored pixel <laughs> and why does he have to be a colored pixel because he is and then the, then you have like uh, you know it's like Tetris pieces you have like a long a long like maybe like three pixels together and then like a two and you have to, and you switch between them to create um, pathways so that you can get all of them to the finish so that's that's the puzzle aspect is you have to get them all to the end but there's certain ways to do that and like there'll be water in this level so you have to like bring this like one that when it hits the water it expands you know and then, so then the rest of them jump over and then that one comes out like the game huh, phenomenal and it's a lot like uh, it reminds me a lot of like um, Super Meat Boy as far as the leveling mm-hmm. how many levels there are all that type of stuff but uh, the game check it out you can get it usually dirt cheap oh, and it's uh, you know you can play it on the Vita you can play it on, on the PS4 it's phenomenal check out Thomas Was Alone for sure all right, we only got a couple left, and then we're moving on. So the next up isn't even out yet, but I think we can all be super excited about it, and that's Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm-hmm. So, so we talked a little bit about Mighty Number no. Nine, and these this is a game that is being created by the former director and creator of Mega Man, and it did huge on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and that comes back to the community who loves these games are thirsty for more, mm-hmm. and Capcom's not, not putting out a new Mega Man game, yeah. and clearly the demand is there, because people are going to put in millions of dollars into Kickstarter to get a new game that's similar. I mean, I wow. gave my, I, I don't give a ton of money to Kickstarter, and I gave money to this game, because I, I was so happy. I'm, I'm a little sad now, because it has been uh, three delays now. But we are on the verge. I think this... On the Axiom Verge. We are on the verge of this game finally coming out. So I'm excited to finally get my hands on Mario number 9. <sighs> okay. We've already talked about Mega Man Legacy Collection. We're good. You know, it's solid. If you like Mega Man, try, check it out. And then lastly, Bloodstained. Ritual of the Night. Similar story to Mighty Number no. 9. The director or creator of, of Castlevania left Konami and he's making his own game that's pretty much a Castlevania game. It's called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It's got the gothic themes that you'd expect from a Castlevania game. It looks like it's going to be Metroidvania style uh, dungeon crawling madness and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. It looks like it's going to be really cool. I'm also really excited because and, and I'm a fan of this but it, it's a female Hero. Yeah, I'm really so I'm excited because you know I love Samus. Uh, you, you don't get a ton of female, uh, you know, hero main main character heroes. I will say, uh, you obviously have like Laura Croft that's come back around now. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped for I'm pumped for this game, and it looks again like Mighty Number no. Nine. This game so far is looking shaping up to be beautiful. There, if you go to their Kickstarter, there's some test images and that sort of stuff, and it looks like they've retweaked and refined it ever since then. But this is one that uh, I didn't hear about till the Kickstarter was already closed. But I would have definitely given money for uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. That's for sure. 
So there you have it, guys. There's just a small list of some of these new retro craze games, uh, indie, you know, indie games that have been inspired by your, some of your favorites growing up. Um, what do you think about this whole thing? Do you, do you love these games? Are you like this woman I saw at a, at a flea market, or maybe she's just crazy and you hate these games? Let us know. Chime in at the BXAP forum. We're active. We're active on there every day. So anything that you uh, that you jump in on, we'll we'll be there to to have a conversation with you. So. But um, also hit us up with maybe some of your favorites that maybe we missed. I know there's a ton of them on Steam. They're all over the place. So if we, we missed them, it's not because uh, we're disrespecting anybody. We just simply, there's just too many to list. So, all right, guys, uh, that's been our topic of the week. We're going to move into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the retro podcast. Relapse. All right, so this week on Retro Relapse, we picked a very special game. But real quick, before I get into this game, we want to give a shout-out to some of the people that have recommended games for us to play. Um, we, we love people that chime in and say, hey, play this game for Retro Relapse. Let, us know what you, let me know what you think. And uh, with that being said, I want to give a small shout-out to Adam, uh, Adam is from the Grand Rapids area of Michigan, and he just wants to say, I love the, the Legend of Retro podcast. I'm listening to all the past episodes. Great stuff. I live in Michigan, too, but on the west side. I grew up with the Sega Genesis, and when Target used to have the $5 bargain bins, oh boy, do I, I remember those, Adam, I would snatch up all the leftover garbage because I could never afford a new release. One game that was ahead of its time that no one knows about is called Herzog Zooey. Uh, I think it literally translates to Duke 2, which makes no sense, but it's a great game. It's a top-down view, and you play as some super commander that can change from a ground robot to a flying airplane. You have a main base that lets you build people, tanks, weapons, etc., and your goal is to capture the enemy base. There are smaller bases as well in between you and the enemy base that you can capture to make your trek easier. Great game. Can, can get it fairly cheap on eBay. Would love to hear your opinions on Retro Relapse. Maybe it sucks, and, I'm, and it's just got nostalgia for me. Keep it up, Adam. We're going to add it to the list, Adam. Uh, I am familiar with the game. I, I believe I, I played this game back in the day. I do not have it in the collection right now, but we will look into acquiring it, and we will uh, we'll get this on Retro Relapse. But we love this type of stuff, guys. Send in your recommendations. Send in even... I love the story. Like, he just gave us, you know, his background of why this game is special to him. Like, that's fantastic, and I love it. So Thank thanks, you very yeah, much. Yeah, thanks a lot for the, for the, mess, for the uh, email. All right, so... You can always send in your recommendations at info at bxap.com. Hit us up in the forums uh, at, BX, you know, at the website or do what Adam did and send them to info at bxap.com. All right. We picked a special game. I was very happy to acquire this last weekend. I found it mismarked, in my opinion. I don't think they realized what they had. For the Super Nintendo, we played Super Island Adventure. Two. So you guys have probably heard of of uh, uh, sorry sorry Adventure Island. Sorry, I said it backwards. Super Adventure Island Two. Uh, Adventure Island on the NES is a very popular game, and the Super NES they had two versions that were a, a little bit hard, a little, maybe not as popular, and also now have become a little bit harder to find. So we we, we acquired two for a good price, and um, let's get right into it. 
Chops, the mechanics. You you played it. What do you think? Because you never played an Adventure Island before this. Nope, I haven't. This is my first right. foray into this game series. So what did you think of the game? Um, I liked it a lot. It was a platformer, but mixed with like a Metroid-style game. So you had screens that you... Uh, were they had boundaries? You know, you had spots that were boundaries, and then you could go to the right, and it would load another screen, or you go down or up or left, whatever it was. Um, but it also mixed in RPG elements, which I also love. So you had a weapons, you have armor, you have equipment, you have certain areas you have to visit first to unlock other areas in the game. So there's a lot of depth to this game. Um, Ethan saw, and he said that the, it was a little bit of like a Zelda two kind of experience. You had this top-down overworld map that you navigated to get to different areas, and as soon as you went into an area, then it became a side-scrolling platformer, uh, which this does much better than Zelda 2, I will tell you that. Absolutely. As a fact. Um, but it, the RPG elements, was, which is what I really enjoyed. So we got a, a, a silver sword, we got daggers, and they each did different things. They had different damage ratings. You have um, different enemies. The sprites looked really good, just like super detailed sprites. Um, but overall, the game was just, it reminded me uh, as if you took a Final Fantasy game and threw it with Mario, Super Mario. Um, and I really enjoyed this game. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I mean, so I'm a big fan of Adventure Island on the NES, and I can say that the aspects that you like of this game did not exist in the previous game, in the NES versions. Oh, so I probably um, wouldn't like that one. Yeah, the NES versions were very uh, Mario, just platform, you know, uh, left to right. Mm -hmm. And you picked up, like, skateboards and axes, and, and like you picked up things, but it wasn't like this. This is, this is they've taken, they took it to another level here. Um and it's it works really well. I you know I've played both versions. I really like this version. You're still Mr. Higgins, and you still have I love that name. Yeah, yeah, and you still have like a, a you know a female that you love that ends up kind of getting uh, taken from you, and you're on this you're on this uh, you know adventure to try to save her. Uh, but this game's more involved because now you're in this kingdom and you're trying to help uh, you know the king find his wife, uh, the, or find his you know his queen, and and you know there's more involving in it. So and like you said, the weapons, the armor thing. Things like that they've they've they built upon the mechanics of the game uh it's a hudson soft game and uh it was released here in the uh in north america in 1995 so it did hit the virtual console in 2011 and uh, they do call it a platform adventure style game but uh really cool um but i will say the mechanics of this game are surprising because like you know ethan was watching this game from you know from afar and he was saying like yeah it looks you know it's it's cool but uh it doesn't drive me to want to play it but then i think when you play this game and you just appreciate how well it was actually developed um you you actually really start to enjoy this game because it just so much of the game works there's no the mechanics are smooth the hit the hit boxes are clean the sprites for the enemies are very impressive um, you know, so the game is just is is a joy to play, and it's pretty. And the sound, how about the soundtrack? The soundtrack was great. I loved it. There's a real strange mix of music genres, but it was fun. Yeah, and uh, so this is the um, so this one actually was 
The uh, Unlike most of the previous games, this one is not a straight platformer. Instead, it plays like an action-adventure game that encourages exploration, similar to uh, the later Wonder Boy games, which was uh, another Hudson Soft-type uh, game. And, and the story revolves around Master Higgins, along with his wife Tina, uh, are, are stricken by a storm while on their honeymoon. Both of them end up separated by the storm, and Master Higgins wakes up to find out that he does not remember anything. Uh, after exploring the island he is on, he finds out that the island is ruled by a king who recently um, recently found a girl that also suffers from amnesia and is appointed to become his queen. This How- king's shady. Yeah, well... Damn, king! However, she is mysteriously kidnapped and the king requests Higgins to find her. Higgins accepts the mission since he feels that the girl is able to help him recover his lost memories. Well, it's Tina. It's his wife. Yeah. They're on their honeymoon on yeah. a raft. Tina. Let's just explain this. They're on a honeymoon on a raft in the middle of the ocean. Where do you think I'm going on my honeymoon? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I'm just going to go and, raft around in the Gulf. And this is like if a body, if Mario had like a, a more attractive older brother who was more successful in like business and got married to this hot Tina chick because the guy's where Higgins is wearing like a red Mario hat. He is, yeah. Um, so, and and as Chops already put it out, Super Adventure, Super Adventure Island Two puts the player in a world map that is separated in different islands. Each one has a vari- various items and equipment, uh, some of which can be used to access other areas on other islands. And so, there's your Metroidvania style aspect. Uh, on the world map, the player travels by raft on the sea, while the map. Uh, is like in some RPGs, an enemy can randomly attack you, which changes the game into another perspective, you know, a side-scroller, while the player must defeat the enemies or flee from the area by going to the side of of the said area. The reception on this game uh, is that the game GamePro stated in the review that targeted towards younger and first-time adventurers, Super Adventure Adventure Island 2 is light fare for RPG fans, but there's plenty of action for all comers. They commented that the animation is very limited, but the game's emphasis is on the gameplay, which is solid and excellent. So, uh, I, uh, GamePro gave it a uh, an 87 out of 100, it looks like. Back oh, wow. in Back in 95, they rated it very high. And, uh, you know, the, the game, I mean, guys, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I will say it looks like this game cartridge only sells upwards of $60, $70, It's a very expensive game. I stumbled upon it for uh, 40 and I and I was like, I think they might have marked this as Super Island Venture 1 because that tends to be what 1 goes for. Didn't ask questions. I just picked it up and went with it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic game. The uh, the Island Adventure series I would highly recommend checking out if you're a fan of platformers. What about the Adventure Island games? Uh, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> Adventure Island series, um, check it out because on the NES there's two, on the Super NES there's two. Wasn't Islands of Adventure the closed Universal Park that they turned to Harry Potter Land? Oh, oh, they got rid of Islands of Adventure. Oh, maybe it's still open. Yeah, I swear to God, if they got rid of Islands of Adventure, I'm gonna be pissed. They had the Hulk ride in it. It's probably gone. Now. I think they kept everything but the Hulk ride. Yeah, I think so too. Life has no meaning. <laughs> Anyways, check it out. Let's pull out the eight bit scale. Chops, what do you give it on an eight bit scale? On an eight bit scale, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a seven. That's right where I'm at. Um, probably because along with these older games, direction is sometimes lacked in some of them. So while the game's expansive and interesting and 
you know, there's a lot of changes you can make in it. Uh, as far as like weapons and gear and stuff, I didn't know what we were doing in the beginning. Yeah, it took us some and time. That right. frustrated right. me. Right, it took us some time to to figure out some of the mechanics as far as like the weird blocks of the you know the weird switches you had to turn on. Um, and they did try to explain it to you with these weird like stones you would find that you would read. Right, but it um, but at the same time, yeah, I give it a seven. It's not you know it's not a perfect game, but it is a very good game. And uh, if you're a fan of platformers, you should check it out. Ethan, do you have a score for this? You need to put your hands on it. Just from watching it, could I could tell the mechanics looked good, but it was nothing to draw me in to want to play it. I would honestly, just from a watching standpoint, so it's different, five. All right, I guess you're never going to have to fight the octopus that steals Tina. Let 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 him have oh, Tina. Did that pussy get that Tina? <laughs> yeah, Tina. Pussy get that Tina. So yeah, it just it didn't look that <laughs> exciting. But I I do totally from watching you guys understand where you're coming from with the mechanics of it were good and you had fun playing it. Did not have have that much fun watching it. I agree with him. Like the game until you play it, you're not. It's not like oh wow, I want to try this game. You know. So yeah, it, it looked yeah. good, but it did. I wasn't like like standing behind shops like when is my turn coming up, boys? Ethan wants a piece of this. Ethan wants a little piece of that Tina. Tina's also a slang term for crystal meth. (laughs) Which our producer is addicted to. Yep. Well, how do you think I put up with you guys? It's all the crystal meth. All right. So, guys, that's what there's. There's our ratings on Super Adventure Island 2. Check it out. Um, Hit us up on the forum or whatever to talk about this game. Uh, and maybe see, give us your input if you were able, if you've uh, played it before, and uh, let us know what you think of the game. So, and don't forget to send in your requests at info at bxab.com. Hit us up in the forum or on social media, bxab gaming. All right, guys, that uh, that's retro relapse, and that leads us up to the end of the show, which means we got some emails. Everyone, you've got mail. It's not spam. Hello? Mom, get off the phone. All right, guys, send in your questions right here to. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> send in your questions. Nope, we're done. To Wrap it up, boys. Thanks B-X-A-B. for sending in your emails. We're happy to answer them. And uh, we'll, we'll be taking applications for a new producer. Uh, the spot pays very little. You guys are so little. glad Jazzy's coming back. <laughs> All right. So seriously, though, send in your questions to info at bxap.com. Uh, you can leave them in the forum, and you can hit us up on social media. But uh, our first question is from Sci-Fi. Thanks for... <laughs> it's not funny anymore. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'll behave for the rest of the show. No, I'm waiting for your apology. I'm not sorry to you at all, but mm-hmm. I am sorry to all the BX8B listeners. <laughs> Can I go now? It's your boy, Sci-Fi AJ. He's oh, waiting. All right, all right. I won't hold up Sci-Fi AJ. Okay. <laughs> Dear God. Anyways, the first email is from... Sci-Fi AJ, and he wants to ask, I've been watching the Super Mario Bros. Super Show heavy on Netflix lately, and you know they always push in that Legend of Zelda animated series. I'm guessing you guys have watched a few few episodes. What's it pulling on the 8-bit scale? Man, I tried putting more cues in there so you could pick and choose one that you liked more, but hopefully my questions were solid. Game on. (laughs) 
All right. First of all, your your question is fantastic because I have watched this animated series. Oh yeah, I own it's the ridiculous. I own the complete series on DVD that I found in the garage sale for a dollar. Have you watched the whole series though? I can't. You got. It's I couldn't that get. Bad. I couldn't get to episode three. Oof. It is so terrible. I love the actors. I'm sorry, princess. That was that's Link. I, I that's love Link. the actors of Super Mario Super Show. But the Zelda cartoon the is just... Zelda. Captain Lou Obana of WWE fame yeah. is Mario. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, but the Zelda cartoon is The just Zelda cartoon terrible. is so bad. Ugh. It is so freaking bad. Oh, my God. Um, on a, he, he wants to know what I would put on the 8-bit scale. It's, of the whole show, I would give it a 3. A 3? That's yeah. generous. It's, a, it it's a, a 1. It's not watchable. It's a 1. It, it's a 1. I, it's a 1. I've watched one episode. It was pretty bad. It's half a bit, actually. Can, can I throw out a side question to you guys? Yeah. Can you think of an, another huge disappointment of a TV show from like an inter- intellectual property you love? Yeah, Pac-Man. The Pac-Man cartoon the from, Pac-Man the, from the cartoon. 80s. Is god awful. Yeah, I've watched the Christmas I, I, special of it. I love how bad that is, though. No, you don't. I love how no, bad that is. No, you can't. I really you do. Can't. Love, I really do no. love how bad mm-hmm. it is. No way. There's been different versions though of it. The I'm ones talking about the has, 80s one. It's you know, terrible. The one with like he has the kid yeah. with Mrs. Pac-Man. Yeah, it's yeah. atrocious. It's yeah. terrible. It's, it's really great. Bad. Terrible. It's great. Terrible. It's great. Terrible. I it hasn't ever been released to my knowledge on DVD in the United States, but I do have files of every episode of Freddy's Nightmares, the Nightmare on Elm Street TV show. Oh god, it's messy. It's Ooh. real messy. Whew, man, I yeah, those are those, those are the couple that stick to me for sure. Those are those are terrible. All right, well, thank you for the question, Sci-Fi AJ. Um, next up, we have. Retro Mike. You're thinking about that I'm song so, again. I'm so paranoid that he's going to hit that song again. I know, right? <laughs> Retro Mike uh, wants to ask us, what is the best Nintendo accessory for for NES, sorry, from NES to GameCube, Game, Game Boys included, what is the best accessory? His answer, the power pad is probably my top. Jumping hurdles in a Nintendo game is awesome. So any accessory that you want to use... From the NES all the way to the GameCube, Game Boys included, what is your favorite accessory? Ethan and I have to have the same answer, I think. On the count of three, let's say it together. Okay. One, two, three. Game, Game Boy, Boy Advance. Oh. What were you going to say? I was going to say Game Boy Advance attachment to the GameCube. Oh, no. mine's the, That's like, your best accessory? Yeah. No. I played a lot of Game Boy Advance no. games. No. Played it on the GameCube. I loved it. The Super Game Boy was better than that because it was revolutionary. Super Game Boy? The Super Game Boy? What's the Super Game Boy? You don't know what a Super Game it Boy is? It was in the Super, Ninten- Super Nintendo and it plays Game Boy games. I ne- well, I never had a Super Nintendo. I'm still a little shocked you know what that I, is. No. I, the, okay, that, that's a good one. But the light, I had the magnifying light on my original Game Boy allowing me to play Game oh, Boy no. in the car at night no. was game changing. No. No. The game changer is the WaveBird. The, the first real wireless controller that worked the way it was yeah. supposed to work. That one that, was really good. That we still own to this day and it we still, still use to this day. Yeah. It's it's the best. It's the best. I also like Rob the Robot. See, I have a Rob the Robot, but I've never actually like used a Rob the Robot in its like supposable like game that True it plays. Form. Yeah. I have a worm light for my Game Boy Advance as well. You know what I also liked was the multi-tap, um, like Game Boy Advance cable. That oh you could, yeah, so you could hook that. up multiple pe- yeah. people to play. At Your once. Legend of Zelda Four Swords with. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. That but was a lot of fun. The Wave Bird, though, man, changed, it just changed ooh, so ooh, much. Ooh, mm, I know something better. I know something better, better than, uh, yeah, I for you. For me? For you specifically. Mm, I don't know. The DSL adapter to the GameCube so you can play Fantasy Star Online. Oh, oh the broadband adapter. The broadband adapter, sorry. Um, I mean... It's a great, it's a great, it's a very, very, very good accessory. Um, and I played a ton of Fantasy Star on there, so you know what, you are right. That is a very good one. Yeah. But the Wavebird, Wavebird's I, but great. I played, but I played Fantasy Star with my Wavebird. Yeah, but you could play it without it. You couldn't play it without the broadband. I don't know if I could. I, I would sit too close to the TV. We do uh, the, the you, argument. You get those giant ass cables. They had really the GameCube controllers had super long cords. False. But, but, False. The extenders you could get. If I pulled out an original GameCube controller, you'd be surprised how short that cable is. I thought the black ones were pretty long. Mm-mm, no. J- Jay's argument of we still use the Wavebird today is a really good argument. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. You know, yeah. unfortunately, I, yeah. that's where we're at. I don't like it being Jay was right, but he's right. <laughs> well, fuck you guys. Uh, all right, so thank you for the question, Retro Mike. I got one more, and that is from Xander. He wants to ask, what retro game is a guilty pleasure. Uh, people always give me crap for loving Mick Kids for NES, but I love Mick it. Mick Kids? Yeah, MC Kids. I don't know. The McDonald's game. It was, it was oh, McDonald's yeah. game. I was yeah. going to say, it was like, what is it, like yeah. eating kids? Mick uh, Kids? I played Mick Kids, and it's solid. Okay, is so it? Xander, don't 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 take no crap from no one, because I play Yo Noid Yo all the Noid. time. Uh, guilty pleasure from a retro game. It's tough because I have almost no shame. So I don't have guilty pleasures in my life because uh, so I don't have any shame. That's because you're... Fine, yeah. then pick a game that you know normal people would be ashamed of playing. Like, no, that's what I'm trying to Like think. Fight Club for the Xbox. I, it's not a guilty pleasure because that game is not pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> like, that game is a punishment. Jaws Unleashed! Uh, Jaws Unleashed is my guilty pleasure because you guys hate uh, Jaws Unleashed. It's a it's terrible a game. It's a masterpiece. It's it's like Jaws Unleashed, and then way down here, Super Metroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Now you're just now you're just being ridiculous, ridiculously truthful. No, 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 no. Jaws Unleashed. Oh, Blitz the League. Even more of <laughs> terrible, legitimate. Like, okay, I know Jaws Jaws Unleashed is a mess, all because I love it. I know it's a mess. Blitz the League. Everyone says is terrible, and I love that game. I really enjoyed the uh, Burger King Racer game where you played it, <laughs> where you raced on little mini bikes. I can't remember. The only one I remember is Sneak King, but the other, but 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 it was like BB, you know, whatever Burger King Racer or whatever the hell it was. I, I like I played that way too much, mainly because there was trophies in it. Wait, did he say NES game though? No, he said retro game. Okay. If it was an NES game, it'd be uh, it'd be Kung Fu. I don't know. It'd be uh, I played a lot of Yo Noid. Though we like it as a game, let's be honest. Like when we were kids, Yo Noid wasn't cool. It was always cool to me. No, that was my favorite Yo-Noid. game to rent. Yo Noid was not cool because Mario oh, was Noid. out and everybody played the real games. If you didn't play like the real games, and you were just like the outside kid looking in. We all know I'm the outside kid looking in. We know, we know, we know. I don't remember my childhood. Come on, you got to have one game that's like you know, <laughs> like, like, like Barbie's the Wild abuse, Horse the Adventure. From LPJ. What? Like Barbie's Wild Horse Adventure. That's not a guilty pleasure. I have no shame in playing that game. It's not. Yeah, I enjoyed you... it. and It was fun. <laughs> I don't understand the problem. Okay, so that's his answer. <laughs> no, if, if, I, if I had to pick one, I guess like uh, Robo Pit. But what? Why is that a guilty pleasure? Because about tiny no tanks. one play. I had to tiny tanks because I had to tiny tanks. No, I had to tiny tanks. Tiny tanks. Tiny tanks. 
I knew you were going to do that. I had to force people to play RoboBit. <laughs> you have to force people to play Tiny Tanks. It's still not going to happen. Tiny I had to force shit. people to play WrestleMania 2000. We know that's a legitimately great game. Top top five of all time. I call, I call it the GOAT. Greatest <laughs> of all time. Just WrestleMania 2000. It's, it's, it's digital craftsmanship. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What about uh, what about your Doom clone? That that should be one, right? Oh, Chex Quest. Chex Quest. No, here's the thing. <laughs> I have no shame in that, nor should anyone by any means demean me for playing Chex Quest. Oh, I used to play. There was like a game that came with Captain Crunch <laughs> with Crunch Berries. Apparently, I was really into cereal video games. But like, you would like raise up these little cereal monsters and like do these little like three or four mini games and then send them on their way and you had to collect them onto this island and I played a buttload of that and then my brother used the CD to make a project he drilled holes in it for a project for <laughs> his physics class his senior in high school so like my little sister who's nine years younger than him probably still played that game and she's like, and like we still look at it we're like man Rob drilled holes in that disc we can never revisit that so I would call that a youthful guilty pleasure. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, uh, 101 uh, Dalmatians. Oh, I was going to say Wheel wheel of Fortune. DOS. <laughs> DOS Wheel of Fortune. On like a you played that? Floppy disk. Chop. Giant floppy disk Wheel of Fortune. Chops, don't you play like Bejeweled or Words with Friends or something like that? Is that a no, I don't. Pleasure? I don't play those. Weren't you, weren't you like so young at that point that you also probably didn't even know what you're doing? Oh, I couldn't win at all. Yeah. I, one, had no idea what these, these phrases were because, again, yeah, the game came out in like early 80s <laughs> and I was born in 87. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, it, uh... I played a lot of it. And I also played uh, uh, DuckTales. Oh, not DuckTales. Uh, is DuckTales the one... I can't remember if it was DuckTales for this for the PC. It starts, you have to enter a code to get into the vault. Oh, yeah. For uh, It was DuckTales. It was DuckTales. Yeah. <laughs> we had that for the DOS as well, but we lost the code. Yeah. So we couldn't play the game. I forgot all about the code. When you played it, yeah, when you played it on DOS, you booted up and you had to, like, enter, like, a, His safe, code. a safe code to, like, launch the game. Yeah. <laughs> And I didn't know what it and we lost it, so we couldn't play it. Yeah. So so another Oh my uh, god, I forgot all about that. Another guilty pleasure of my youth. I was not a good student on account of having uh, a, a reading disability. So it was very common for my parents to be like, let's get him educational video games. It might help him out. So I played Oh, that happened to me too with math. I played a ton of jumpstart third grade and jumpstart fourth grade. Hey man, I played a ton of math blaster. Oh, uh, math blaster. Math I just blaster remember playing a ton of And like my friends were like, Yeah, man, what you been playing? Like, yeah, jumpstart, jumpstart third grade. But like, you were in the seventh grade. <laughs> like, I have to help Botley save time. Okay, how about okay, since we brought this up, there's two things I gotta tackle. First Geometry Golf, I, pl- I, I oh, that's not a guilty pleasure. That, no, that's a that shit. Game is dope. Right, Geometry I, Golf is awesome. But I acquired it to play it outside of school. <laughs> that's fine. I'm okay. totally okay. I'm, I'm jealous. Good. Okay, yeah, good. I wish I would have done that. Good. Then let's just let's just dabble slightly into our graphing calculator games because that's the only reason Ooh. I own. It's the only reason I own the graphing calculator game. So there's Drug a, Wars. Drug Wars. <laughs> I didn't play Drug Wars. Did you guys oh. have Phoenix? Because it crashed my calculator all the time. Did you guys have Phoenix? Which no. one's that? Phoenix was like a Galaga-like type shooter. Yeah, I did have that. And, yep. it, and it had like elements where you could collect cash that would fall, and in between stages, you could, you could build up. upgrades. So you yep. get the spreader, and you just run yep. it. I had Paper um, Football. I had Mario. I had Zelda. I had Link's Awakening. Wow, like a, the whole a mini game? map of Link. Oh, it was a mini map. It was like one one dungeon of Link's Awakening on my graphing calculator. Okay, I didn't have that. Yeah, I had Mario. I had Mario. I had this block game. 
where it was like puzzles where you slide blocks and they disappear, different symbols and different stuff. But then there was also one where you're a guy and uh, you move blocks to get to the end of the level, and it always got consistently more mm. difficult. I saw other people that had that. But I, I had, played that I had a lot. Tetris. I just played a shit ton of Tetris and Drug Wars. Drug Wars. So much Drug Wars. I should have been. I should have really become the drug lord. Isn't it crazy though that you you there's transferred? There's still time. You tra- of all the decisions you've made in your life, I have to tell you, there's still time to become a drug lord. That you good, transferred good. the information via the headphone port. Yeah, absolutely. That just blows my mind. Also, still. not not like not to be insensitive at all, but I got all of my games from like the smartest kid in the math class who was Asian. Yeah, yeah. He was his name was John Ho, and he hooked me up fat. Yeah, and from- back then, back then I didn't know a whole lot about my graphics calculator or anything else. I thought he made all these games for me. I was like, yeah. "Damn, this I guy's got mine." John I'm like, Ho, I'm like, this guy's very smart. Yeah, this guy's fucking I smart. Got, I got mine from the dumb kid in class, <laughs> the one who was playing all the yeah. games. Like, y'all get it for you. The one who I gave my calculator, and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever see this again. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember talking to my parents into getting me a TI eighty three plus just so that I could some of these games that were coming out wouldn't run on the older ones. So I was like, I need, I need, I need the, the best. Why? Because the teacher said so. It's like a hundred thirty dollar graphic calculator. That I don't even know how to use. I just put games on it. To be uh, fair, I still used mine even through my final year of college. That's so. good. That's yeah, good. I got my here. money's worth out of mine. Yeah. I started using it again. I started using it in the college years. But uh, yeah, I when learned, I first I, got it, I wasn't doing shit with it. I used my graphic calculator to learn how to uh, do statistics that I was supposed to be able to do by hand. <laughs> and I like, I, I swear, I'm like 23 years old in a statistics class. Like, I, I don't get this. I'm just gonna figure out how to do it on the calculator because I'm smart enough to use a calculator. Well, go. yeah, and my I brother, passed. my brother programmed equations and formulas into his calculator for his physics classes, and all he had to do was input the numbers there, and it solved it for him. That's what I did with statistics. You have to. Way to go, If you're that smart to cheat the system, then you should cheat the system. All right. You are allowed to hit that button now. That's what I was about to ask. All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to episode 16 of The Legend of Retro uh, make sure to send in your questions, your retro relapse uh, suggestions, all that stuff. Send it into info at bxap.com. And uh, make sure to check out both the shows. The BXAP Podcast and The Legend of Retro are available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, and, of course, bxap.com. They air Tuesdays and Thursdays. Check it out. Hit that subscribe. Hit that like. Hit that follow. Help us expand. We're loving it. Congratulations to all of our winners from the episode 100 of the BXAP podcast. Uh, we got some great prizes going out, so we had a blast doing that. We're glad we can give back to our fans. Guys, anything else that you'd like to say? Thank you to our sponsor. Detroit Beer Collective. Thank you. Go to DetroitBeerCollective.com. Use the offer code BXAP at checkout. On orders, $25, $25 or more. I can never say that word right. $24 or more. And save 20% off. There you go. Anything, Ethan? Professor Ethan? Well, class, your homework for this week is to play some retro games and talk about it on the BXAP forum. Stop by, tell us what retro games you're playing, and uh, maybe you want to lay down a challenge score. Uh, You know, maybe send us what your high score is uh, on Burger Time, and I will put my fiancé to work trying to beat it or something like that. Throw it on a challenge. Let's let's get it going. Let's get that, uh, that forum rich with retro conversation. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week when the legend continues.